I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. As mentioned earlier, it is an open line show. So our listeners are driving the show either by phone calls or text messages. And good morning to you, Dr. Hilden. Good morning, Danny. I was going to say you take uh, tweets as well. I do you? take tweets. That's Dr. David Hilden's my Twitter handle. I think you call it a handle. My Twitter account, my yeah. name, Dr. David Hilden. Send me a tweet. Maybe I'll answer your question right here on the air. Very good. And uh, we welcome, I'm going to give our phone number and the text number in, in, in just a moment, but it is an open line show. So that means uh, your general health questions for the doctor. We're not zeroing in on any particular topic this morning. So if you do have a health question for the doctor, let me give you the number, 651-989-9226. Or if you want to send uh, Dr. Hilden your text, 81807 and we, you know we tend to get busy when we do this We show. do. The text messages are already coming already in coming even in. as we speak. Hey, there's lots of stuff in the news and for me to talk about. So as, as we uh, line up phone calls and texts, maybe I'll, I'll uh, run through a couple of things. First of all, if you didn't see the Star Tribune this morning, you're going to look at John Tevlin's column in the Metro section. It's about Dr. Uh, Samadani. Uh, listeners to the show might remember uh, Dr. Usma Samadani has been on our show today. She's been at the stage at the state fair with me right here on the air. She's a neurosurgeon. She did a 28-hour operation on a young woman named Lupe. It's in the Star Tribune today. It's a fascinating story about a wonderful young woman who bravely went through a really long surgery and came out great. Um, So I just saw that today. That wasn't what I was meaning to talk about, but I was reading the paper this morning. So that's the first thing. Second of all, it's the North Loop Clinic's open house. That's coming up. Our North Loop Clinic is up and running. They're seeing patients already. They opened up last week, and we're having an open house. I'll be there. It's this Wednesday, April 26th, from 4 to 7 p.m. The North Loop Clinic is in uh, in the North Loop, what we used to call the warehouse district of downtown Minneapolis. I was just hanging out there last night, not at the clinic, but in the North Loop, and what a great, vibrant neighborhood. The, the clinic is open, and the open house is Wednesday from 4 to 7, so come on out. There'll be in refreshments. Bernie the dog will be there. There'll be some free stuff. Maybe I could meet you and introduce you to some of my colleagues who will be working at the new clinic, some of whom are going to be on the show next week. We have dermatology out there, and they're, they're going to be practicing out at the North Loop Clinic. So that's one bit of housekeeping. The second thing is that it's Melanoma Monday on May 1st. And no, that's not the day we're all supposed to get melanoma. It's, a, it's just a day where we're, uh, we're doing skin cancer screenings. Also at the North Loop Clinic on Monday, May 1st from 8 a.m. to noon. And then from 1 to 4 p.m., we're going to continue the, the melanoma screenings. But that'll be at our downtown campus. So if you want to know more about free melanoma screening, it's free. You just go and have a doctor look at your skin to see if you have any weird lesions that are of any concern. That's on Monday, May 1st. You want more information, go to hcmc.org slash melanoma Monday. So that is the next order of business. And then lastly, you maybe have heard in the news about the measles. It's back out. There's been a number of cases in, the, in Minnesota. I just want to encourage everybody to vaccinate your children. 
I was over at uh, the, the March for Science at the state capitol yesterday. What an awesome collection of beautifully smart people. Get your kids vaccinated. It is a safe thing to do, and it's the right thing to do. So I'm just encouraging people to vaccinate your children. There's a story about mumps, too, wasn't there? Oh, yeah, all these things that are preventable. Yeah. And um, and uh, we shouldn't. We don't have to deal with mumps and measles, and just like we don't have to do with, deal with polio, and we don't have to deal with smallpox because we have found a way to fix that. Yes. And anything you may have heard about the vaccines causing other problems has not been borne out by the facts. They are safe, safe, safe. All right. Let's go back to the phone, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Mark in Burnsville, first up here. Mark, the doctor's listening. Yes, good morning. Uh, I'm a 70-year-old widower. Last July, I had a heart attack with two stints. And since then, I've had torn meniscus in my right knee, and I can't operate because of blood thinner. I have plantar fasciitis in my left heel. I have trouble walking. I have arthritis in both thumbs. But my biggest problem is restless leg syndrome. I have that problem every day, and I can't sleep at night. What's, what can I do about my restless leg syndrome? Uh, Mark, have you seen a sleep specialist yet over it, over that issue? Yeah, so there are some better things now than there used to be for restless. Like for listeners who maybe not know what that is, it's when you're lying in bed and you simply cannot. It's probably uncomfortable. It can be painful. You have an, The only thing that seems to help your legs is to move. So patients have to get up and they have to walk around and move and it really, really disrupts sleep. So it's considered sort of um, in the realm of the sleep doctor. So my number one thing is to see a sleep specialist. Um, there are a number of sleep centers in uh, wherever you happen to be. You're out in Burnsville. I'd recommend you come downtown to ours. Um, the Minnesota Regional Sleep Disorder Center is an outstanding uh, medically-based sleep clinic. But there are medications that do work. In the past, we used a lot of things that were very sedating, and they had um, they were just basically like Valium. They were just sedatives. And that that's a little bit a thing of the past now. You can still take those, but they have other side effects. And now there's much uh, – there are many – new medications or newer that are pretty effective at restless leg syndrome. So this one's treatable. Mark, I would see a sleep specialist. Maybe your primary care doctor would be open to prescribing something for that, but many would refer you to a sleep specialist to make sure that A, the diagnosis is correct, and B, somebody who really is an expert at it. So there are really effective medications, Mark. Go to a sleep center. And you're right. HCMC has a great one. Yeah, we do. Yeah. All uh, right. Let, good luck, Mark. Thank, thank you. Jack is calling from St. Cloud, Minnesota. Go ahead, Jack. Oh, Jack is gone, I guess. All right. Let's talk to Karen in Minnetonka. Morning, Karen. Good morning. Um, I have a strange question. I is it? I have um, developed in about the last month or so. First of all, I'm 72, and I have developed this where my knuckles, the first state, my knuckles closest to my little finger will start to uh, cramp up on the side of my hand. And it started on the right, but now it's going to the left. And it'll and my hands fingers will start to pull just like just like claws. It just and I the only thing I can do is manually straighten them out. And the only thing I last night now then it kind of goes toward my elbow too. I've started playing a piano about a month ago. Could that 
effects of stretching. Yeah, it could. Um, it could, uh, Karen. When you say that you started the piano, is that a brand new activity? Like you had yeah. not been doing that. So my guess is that it is related, but it might not be. But um, what else could it? Could well, you you can get. It sounds like you're getting contractions in your fingers. That's uh, what I'm trying to contraction. Yeah, that's what you're getting. And there's a variety of causes of that. None of it's my particular area of specialty, but there's one called Dupuytren's contractures, where your tendons that move your fingers that allow you to do things like play the piano. Um, they, there's a lot of friction in your fingers, and so the, your tendons run through these little sheaths, and they um, they have lubricating material in there, and th- those can get tight. They can get fibrosed or kind of scarred down, and your fingers can sort of contract. It might feel like a cramping sensation like you have mentioned. It is probably, in your case, sort of an overuse injury kind of a thing. You're suddenly using your fingers more maybe than you used to be. And that is causing some inflammation probably in those tendons and therefore they're getting shortened and your fingers are getting cramped up and curled. Continue to straighten them. That's what I would do. Um, Manually make sure your fingers are straight. And then you know what I would do? I would honestly go see an occupational therapist. I use the word occupational therapist. There are people who specialize in the hands and ask them to take a look at them and see if this looks to be something that is due to your piano playing or if it is – if it's something else. And if they're if they're concerned about it, they can maybe send you to a, a hand specialist. I'm not sure you need that right now. I like the idea of playing the piano for a lot of other reasons. I think it's good that you're doing that. It's probably good for your fingers in the long run. Um, but uh, see an occupational therapist. That would be my first suggestion um, for that. If you don't have other reasons you can't take medications, um, you don't have allergies or something, you might try some uh, anti-inflammatory, something like ibuprofen or Motrin. Advil, they would be um, probably your first-line treatment um, if if you're having a particularly bad day. You might give that a try. Take a couple of pills and see if that doesn't help. No, we have to break in about a minute. We have more show to come, but I thought maybe we could catch up on uh, text messages before we get too far. Absolutely. Here's one that says, my husband has a pacemaker and sleeps 12 hours. Blood tests are okay. Every joint in his body hurts. He takes B12 injections every month. We don't have a life together because of his sleeping. He does have sleep apnea but won't wear the mask and is not a candidate for um, mouthpieces because of uh, some structures. I can't quite read that part. I'm at the end of the rope. Help. Yeah, um, it sounds like that. Often when people have sleep issues, either too much or too little, it's the partner that, that seems to be uh, suffering. And it sounds like this person's sleeping too much. I would, um, I would really get the sleep apnea <coughs> treated. It sounds like if someone is sleeping too much and they have sleep apnea, it's probably the sleep apnea that's causing it. So there are lots of different masks, so lots of different um, uh, CPAP types of machines. So I would strongly encourage them to try that first. Uh, if you're not getting good night's sleep at night, you're going to sleep too much during the day. And at other times, you're going to fall asleep. And and uh, 12 hours is a, probably a pretty long time to be sleeping for an adult. You know, more like 8 to 9 is a good amount or maybe 10 so see a sleep specialist. That's the best thing I can recommend to this texture. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we have more show to come. It's an open line show today. There's one line open at 651-989-9226. Again, text number is 81807. In the Twin Cities here on CCO, partly cloudy, 49 degrees. We could hit 70 again today. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters Show. It's an open line show today. Your listener questions, either by phone or by text, or your tweet 
driving the show here uh, on CCO. We've got a lot of text messages. Should we do one or two of those right now? I'll just do one or two, and then we'll get to the phones. Here's one that says, I was prescribed a Z-Pack in February and again last week. Are there any problems with antibiotics not working if a person takes them too often? The answer to that is a resounding yes. Yes, yes, yes. There are problems with taking too many antibiotics. In fact, there's some studies that show that seven or eight out of ten of the antibiotic prescriptions that we're getting giving to people in the clinics are unnecessary. So I think um, you probably yes, there are problems with taking too many antibiotics. Number one is that they're going to stop working very well because you didn't need them in the first place. And number two, they have side effects. They can lead to diarrheal illnesses. Um, one of them, Clostridium or C. diff, is on the rise. Fifteen years ago, C. diff was only seen in the hospitals. Now it's seen out in the clinics because people are getting a lot of antibiotics, and it's a direct cause of that. So, um, yes, we overprescribe antibiotics without a doubt. Um, here's another one that says, uh, let's see, my one-year-old and six-year-old sons have a bad cough and nasal congestion for two months. No other symptoms. What could cause that? What can I do for them? Yeah, I would see a pediatrician for that one for sure. Since I'm an adult doctor, I'm, it's out of my league to talk too much about kids. But any cough that's going on for two months in your young children isn't normal, clearly. And so it could be some uh, atypical pneumonia kind of a thing. It could just be um, something like... Allergies, because allergies lead to post-nasal drip and sinus and congestion, and maybe they have allergies. Um, or it could be something else. So I would definitely, to that texture, so make sure you see a pediatrician. Done. We had John Sweet, and he would say, yeah, that could be allergies. Yeah. But I don't want to say that's what it is for sure, because um, you know, young children, is uh, you, you want to, especially your one-year-old, you're going to want to go sure. um, have a pediatrician see that, that your child. All right, let's go back to the phones. Robert in Circle Pines has been waiting. Robert, you're on CCO. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had a spell. I went to the hospital. They called it AFib, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, when a person of that age has AFib, would you recommend a pacemaker at that time? Uh, no, pacemakers don't work, Robert, for atrial fibrillation. What, um, uh, there's other other things to be done for atrial fibrillation. What can happen is that atrial fibrillation can make, um, if you have something like heart failure, or um, they can make that worse. So um, if you have shortness of breath or something, um, then you should have uh, that looked at. And um, you sounded a little short of breath just on the call, Robert. And I just want to say I doubt it's AFib, but it could be. And what I would suggest is that use your symptoms to manage that. If you're short of breath or having <laughs> chest pain or you're dizzy, that needs to be evaluated. It is probably not the atrial fibrillation. But if your heart is going too fast um, from atrial fibrillation, that can lead to symptoms and that needs to be addressed. But none of them are addressed with a pacemaker. A pacemaker is generally for people whose heart is going too slow, not too fast. Right. So, but do get, do get help if you're um, having shortness of breath. Let's go to Myrna calling from Moundsview. Go ahead, Myrna. Hi. I have a potassium levels question. I have a lower potassium level. It's 3.1, and it's supposed to be like 3.5. Right on, 3.5. And I am going to have partial knee replacement on Thursday. Is, is that going to cause any problems? Probably not, but you're going to want it a little higher. Uh, we wouldn't stop the surgery for that, but potassium has a very, very narrow range that is acceptable, and your kidneys manage that in your body. It's like 3.5 to 
oh, 5.3, I think is the range. It's a very narrow range. So you're just a little bit low. Um, the, if there's a reason it's low, that's what I would have addressed. And the main reasons are often medications. Maybe you're taking high blood pressure medicines or something to lower um, your high blood pressure, and they sometimes have effects on potassium. In any case, I would like it a little bit higher. I doubt they'll stop the surgery, but you should probably have it rechecked um, prior to the surgery. I would eat potassium-rich foods. I would That's bananas, potatoes, citrus fruits, darn near any vegetable product has uh, lots of uh, potassium in it. I would do that. I would have it rechecked and make sure it's at least coming up. No one wants to do a surgery on someone whose potassium is dropping a whole lot lower than 3.1. You don't want it in the twos, for instance. And so uh, though that's a correctable thing, but you need to know the underlying reason why it's a little bit low. It's not dangerous at your level you're having now, but that's getting down to the point where it does need to be addressed. Should we grab a text? Uh, Absolutely. I have a small lump the size of a pea on my kneecap. It moves. It isn't painful. What is that? Huh. I'm not exactly sure what that is. If it's uh, on the top of your – on the kneecap, huh? Maybe it's, it's – there's not lymph nodes there. Maybe it's a little cyst of some kind. Uh, as long as it's not um, causing you pain and it's not causing range of motion problems in your knee, it doesn't sound like an emergency. It's probably some kind of cyst or something that's just under the skin, and uh, that could be easily removed on a non-urgent basis. Uh, what can be done about the pain for shingles? Here's another text. It says, my friend has had it for over two months, a severe case, even, he had the sh- even though he had the shot for prevention. He has tried acupuncture and pain meds. The pain meds make him unsteady, and we worry about falls. How long can this last? So the pain after shingles is called post-herpetic neuralgia, and in a small minority of people, it can last a great long time, and I hate to say it, even forever. Most people, the pain goes away after a a few days or a few weeks after the shingles uh, lesions clear up, but for some people, it can go for months and months, and um, that's an unfortunate uh, thing. condition. So I would do exactly what your friend is doing, acupuncture, um, taking pain medications. Uh, Sometimes topical pain medicines work. You know, you can put a patch on it, a lidocaine patch, for instance, which is just a numbing medicine. And then there are lots of different pain medicines that you can take that are not addicting and that are not, um, that maybe won't have as many side effects. So if it's still going on forever and ever here, like it might be for this person or at least for many months, I would go see a neurologist or perhaps a pain specialist. Back to the phones we go. Gene is calling from South St. Paul. Go ahead, Gene. Thank you. Yeah, I've been taking the Tropol for a few years and my blood pressure would kind of climb before I would take that nighttime one. So the doctor changed me to the 24-hour metropolis. Yeah, the one you just have to take once a day. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was taking 50 morning and 50 night. He put me on 150, and he said take it at night in case it makes you dizzy, you sleep through it. And it's been fine. I've been taking it about 40 days, but now the last three days I've been kind of dizzy. And my question is, could it still be from from that, or is it just yeah, that's that's a good question. And yes, it could be from the metoprolol. It sounds like, if I heard you correctly, that your doctor not only made it once a day, but also increased the dose. If you were taking 50 milligrams twice a day of the short-acting one, and he increased it to 150 once a day, you went from 100 milligrams a day to 150. <laughs> I'm not sure that's exactly what happened, but if so, you not only got a longer-acting version of it, but you got a bigger dose. So you might want to talk to your doctor about that. Metoprolol can lead to dizziness, some, some fatigue. 
if you are taking your metoprolol for blood pressure alone, the latest scientific evidence would suggest that beta blockers, of which metoprolol is one of them, are not are no longer the first line treatment for high blood pressure. They work, they they but they do have uh, other effects, and that maybe you could try even a different medication. It's not a bad one; it does work. But there are other ones that that are now considered to be. Uh, maybe the ones we should use first and then metoprolol is a second or a third line agent for that. It has great uses for other things. Metoprolol is used for lots of different things, heart failure being one of them, and it's life-saving in that situation. But for blood pressure alone, maybe there's just another medication they could try. That being said, maybe it's not your medications at all. So if you're having a new symptom gene of dizziness or lightheadedness or anything like that that's only been present for three days, I would go – that may, maybe isn't the medication. So I would have that looked at. Um, I think that's something you maybe want to see your doctor about. All right. Very good. Just a reminder that we'll uh, have another half hour of the show to go. So if you did not get your question answered the first one, we'll still have time for yours by phone or by text. Here's our phone number, 651-989-9226. If you'd like to send a text instead, that's 81807. In the Twin Cities, partly cloudy skies, 49 degrees going for 70 today. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. It is an open line show today. Your call is driving the show for Dr. David Hilden uh, by phone or by text. Uh, we can, I can see, as you can, Dr. Hilden, the uh, lines are filled. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of coughs and colds going yeah. on. We have some more questions about that. Yeah, indeed. And uh, we'll talk more about the North Loop Clinic. That sounds pretty exciting. It it is very exciting. Our North Loop Clinic is open and up and running. You need a primary care doctor? We've got those. You need an allergist? John Sweet's out there. We have dermatologists out there. We have women's health out there. We have um, integrative health care. I think they've got a chiropractor and an acupuncturist out there. This is all at the North Loop Clinic, which is in the Tractor Works building. Uh, down a uh, few blocks down from Target Field in the coolest neighborhood in town. Um, so check it out. There's an open house this coming Wednesday. I'll be there at the open house. That's from 4 to 7 p.m. You can check out the clinic. Maybe I'll get a chance to meet you. We're giving away some free stuff. Well, you know, what more could you want? Free yeah, stuff. Free stuff. Chapstick and little, you know, I don't think we're giving away cars <laughs> or anything. You know, geez. But I think we're giving away, you know, little stuff. It's cool free stuff. Bring your kids because Bernie the dog will be there. That's this coming Wednesday, the 26th, 4 to 7 p.m. Central Time at the North Loop Clinic. For more information about anything I ever talk about on the show, go to myhealthymatters.org. Why don't you do it today? Do it right now, myhealthymatters.org. That's the blog site um, where I write essays and I try to give some information. I put up some videos. Uh, Just another way to stay connected through the week at myhealthymatters.org. Very good. Should we go to the lines? Let's do it. Rob in Monticello has been waiting there. Go ahead, Rob. Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. See, I have arrived at the ripe old age of 81, and it seems that over the last year or so, I've had trouble with things uh, getting in the back of my throat and causing me to choke, like it's going down the wrong tube. Now, is this um, a function of old age, or is it something else? Uh, you know, I don't know, Rob. It, it's not um, uh, normal um, for, and you're not you're not that old, and uh, you know, it's not normal to have swallow problems really at any age. Uh, um, that being said, things become more common as we age, but it's not a function of aging itself. I would have a, an ENT doctor take a look. It can be something as simple as you know, little polyps or something back there in the back of your throat that are getting in the way. Those can have developed over time, and you're just starting to notice it now. Uh, 
Um, sometimes it's a, just a little local mechanical thing that they can fix. Uh, and, an, and an ear, nose, throat doctor can take a take a gander down there with their cool little um, instruments that they have and see if there's anything blocking up the works. If there's not, um, sometimes swallowing can be due to things that are in your in your stomach, like acid reflux. Uh, um, I said I said acid reflux. It's acid reflux. <laughs> I misspoke. That reflux, where acid's getting up into your esophagus, which is a big muscular organ, and it can squeeze down and cause a choking or a swallowing problem, a sensation of that. So that would be a gastroenterologist who looks down there, um, again with a camera. Those two things I would have, I would start with one or the other and have somebody look. And then the person who's the expert in all of this stuff is a speech pathologist. So a speech pathologist is a swallowing expert. Um, we talk about speech because they also do vocal cords and things like that and, 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 and they deal with um, people with speech um, issues. But they're experts at swallowing. So they can do what's called a swallow study. And um, it, it uses x-rays as you swallow material to see how things are going down, to see if you have what's called a motility problem. Motility is movement problem. It's interesting. The act of swallowing is so complex, it takes whole lectures in medical school. No kidding. It's incredible. You initiate the process of swallowing voluntarily. You eat a bite of food and you chew it up and then you swallow. But after you've initiated, there's a a whole bunch of involuntary muscles that take over from there to move that food or liquid or whatever from your mouth down into your stomach. It's very complex, and it's only partially under your voluntary control. So a swallow study can help to see if anything's going on, Rob. So so I'd encourage you to have it looked at. Um, it uh, doesn't mean it's anything serious, but it's not normal. So I would have one of those things done. Thanks for your call. Great question. Uh, let's talk to Gene, who's calling from uh, Plymouth. Uh, Gene, you're on with the doctor. Good morning. I seem to suffer from nightly leg cramps, lower leg cramps, on or on my shins, and, and foot cramps as well. And I'm taking a magnesium supplement and another over-the-counter that has quinine in it, but I still seem to get them on a nightly basis. Yeah, Gene, um, common question for people who have leg cramps, and I never have great answers, but you are doing the right things to start out with. Make sure your electrolytes are okay. Your calcium levels, your magnesium levels, your um, uh, those things, that's an easy blood test. And then sometimes people who are a little bit anemic get leg cramps. That's your hemoglobin and your red blood cell, uh, uh, red blood cells. So those can be checked again with an easy blood test. So that's a thing to look at. Potassium and other electrolytes are all checkable. The quinine is an interesting one. People um, for years, decades have been using quinine for this. It's found in tonic water, you know, so um, uh, people have often found that to be helpful. It is not approved medically for this indication. We don't prescribe it any longer. I haven't written a prescription for that for, you know, in memory. Um, so we don't prescribe that anymore, um, although people do find that that on their own over the counter it's helpful, but I'm not supposed to be recommending that. And then something, sometimes stretching exercises help before bed, avoiding vigorous exercise in the hour or two right before bed, but doing some stretching sometimes helps for leg cramps as well. People on the show often say taking a little bit of mustard helps. Again, no medical evidence for that, but I can't tell you how many people have told me it works for them. So who am I to say? So you might want to try that. All right. Catherine in Blaine is next on CCO. Go ahead, Catherine. Good morning, Dr. Dave. I, I have a question. I have a question about my coughing. I will be 
in the, you know, doing really nothing and I'll start coughing and I won't be able to quit. Now I have allergies. I have asthma. Um, I have been using like uh Q-Var in the morning and, and Flonase. Um, I just don't know. I mean, my doctor said that she thinks that it's allergies, but she's not real sure. But Ka- very- Catherine, have you had pulmonary tests, any kind of formal lung testing? Um, I did have an x-ray. I have not. I mean, yeah. breathing. I've yeah, had, they, they, you know, these breathing like, tests, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so um, it could be your asthma. The three most common causes of a cough that don't go away, a cough that's going on for you know, weeks and weeks and weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, longer than that, months, there, there are three biggies. One is post-nasal drip, so nasal congestion. That can often be from allergies, but doesn't have to be. But so a dripping from your nose pools down into your airways and you have to cough it up, especially at night. That's number one. Number two would be asthma. Asthma, without a doubt, can cause a cough. Sometimes people without wheezing, without shortness of breath, without any other uh, symptoms of asthma have just a cough. It's very common. So that's number two. And number three is acid reflux disease. Um, for That can also cause uh, coughing. So one, two, three, those are the biggies. So I would look into all of them. And to, to help out with the asthma one, um, you might want pulmonary function tests. That is a, where you breathe into a tube and it tells you what the air flows are like. So the pulmonary function tests are non-invasive and safe. I would do that. I would make sure you don't have reflux disease and then um, check out your sinuses. If you don't have any of those three things, then see a pulmonologist because the, those are just the top three causes. Things beyond that, which sound awful and, well, are, like cancers and the like, um, those aren't as common um, for a, a chronic cough but are possible. So if you don't have any of those three um, benign things, then it's, it's time to get x-rays like you have, get pulmonary function tests, maybe see a lung specialist if you don't not get anywhere. I know we have to break uh, quickly, but uh, how about a a quick text? Sure, here's a text. Can you talk about irritable bowel syndrome? My 28-year-old daughter has been diagnosed with it. Yeah, so IBS is a functional problem of the bowels. In other words, it's not an anatomical problem. An anatomical problem meaning something we can see, either on x-rays or CT scans or on colonoscopy, where you have um, something wrong. They can see a lump or a bump or a mass or a tumor or something like that. A functional problem is everything looks normal. It's just not working properly. Things are moving too quickly through your bowels, which would lead to diarrhea, or things are moving too slowly through your bowels, which leads to constipation, or both. People with irritable bowel, I don't know where that name came from because your bowel is just irritated, and no one's exactly sure why. But um, it's a big. Some people have both. They alternate between the constipation and diarrhea. So you don't even know what to do. Do you treat the constipation or do you treat the diarrhea or what do you do? So um, it's thought to be due to dysfunctioning of the autonomic nervous system in your bowels. In other words, the nerves that operate your bowels that are not under your control. So um, uh, go see a specialist in, in IBS. That's the best thing to do because there are some medications to try. There's some psychotherapy you can try. And um, it's, uh, there's nothing perfect for it, but there are some medications that, uh, that um, might work. All right. Very good. We'll take a quick break. We have more show to come here on Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. 
In the Twin Cities, 51 degrees. We're going for 70 later today. And welcome back to this portion of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters show. It is an open line show today, and uh, we might remind our listeners, Dr. Hilden, that uh, what are we going to do next week? Next week, we're going to talk to uh, Drs. Luxembourg and Dr. Liu, two dermatologists at Hennepin. Uh, we're going to talk about skin cancer. May 1st is Melanoma Monday. We're going to be offering free skin cancer screening tests at our North Loop Clinic and our downtown clinic on May 1st. So we're going to talk to them on the day before that about skin cancer. You're going to, want to tune in. You're going to want to check out myhealthymatters.org. I'm going to put up some more tips uh, on the blog site as well. Good. Very good. Uh, Mary in Coon Rapids has been waiting. Go ahead, Mary. Good morning. Morning. I have a problem with my knees. Um, I actually, I had one replaced about 10 years ago because it was more outward bent, um, and that was great. And the other one, I don't have actually enough uh, arthritis in it to do surgery or anything. But they have been bothering me about the last year where they burn um, from my knees kind of down a little bit. Um, I'm not sure. I have a new orthopedic, and actually he had tried giving me or he had sent me to get a shot for my, in my back because he thought maybe it was pinched nervous. But that didn't seem to help. Um, so I'm just kind of questionable whether I should go back to the orthopedic and find out more about it or, or just what. Yeah, it's hard to say, um, Mary. If it's if it's your nerves in your back or something in the knee itself, it could be in your in the knee itself. But your orthopedic surgeon probably would have said more about that. It's maybe time to get some imaging of your lower back, an MRI or something. If you're having um, what sounds like burning or numbness um, in your legs, if it's just pain on motion, that's arthritis. But if you're having burning or or numbness below the knee, that's more likely to be a nerve somewhere in your back. The injections sometimes help, sometimes not. Uh, it's uh, uh, it, it's hard to say. But if you haven't had an MRI of your lower back, it might be time to do that to kind of further characterize it. And then what I would do is I would I think you're probably seeing the orthopod enough. It's maybe time to see a neurologist and see if they could help you out. All right, very good. Do I have time for a couple more, Denny? Let's, or, let's do that. Or, yeah. or or do we have time for the? I'll tell you for, what, let's talk, have, what time is? It? Yes, yes, we have. Steve in Maple Lake has been waiting. Go ahead, Steve. Thanks for waiting. You're probably okay, Steve is listening to his radio. Right, well, let's is, go to the no, text no. lines. Um, Mary, good luck to you on your knees. Um, I'm not sure what else it could be, but I would start with probably some imaging of your back. Here's some um, from the text line. Somebody um, was probably referring to my potassium answer to a previous caller. Said, no wonder my doctor turned white when they saw my potassium was 2.1. You are correct. That is very, very low. Um, and so uh, uh, the, the previous caller's potassium was 3.1. So this texter's potassium was 2.1. Yes, that will get your doctor's attention every time. Um, here's another question. That says, does HCMC have a group for transgender patients? That's a really good question. And the answer is yes. Transgender patients have... Um, um, uh, are not always don't have as good of access to healthcare or for patient or for providers who know what they're doing. Um, I have a good friend, uh, a- Andy Hamp, is at Park Nicollet. He has a transgender clinic, but at HCMC we have an outstanding transgender clinic for people who know what they're doing. HCMC has been named one of the most um, friendly um, healthcare institutions to LGBTQ people. So yes, if you have if you are a transgender person and you want great healthcare, come to HCMC. Um, Let's see. Do I have any other questions here I can answer? Someone said, I stop lower leg cramps by quitting sugar. Works for me. Hey, it's a great idea. We should all eat less sugar. I think that's what's leading to half of our problems. <laughs> Maybe not half, but a lot of the problems in our country. 
are um, about eating too much sugar. In fact, I think I'm going to be on CCO tonight. I'm talking about the new study about uh, diet soda. and about oh, um, yes. That's going to be tonight about 7.20. I'm going to be back on this air. Oh, it talking might be about related the, to dementia. Exactly. Like that, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, here's another. Do I still have some time? You have a minute. Okay. I have a minute. Um, my 94-year-old dad needs a new hip but does not want the surgery. Any other ideas? Some type of injection? Yeah. The... Um, at night, when you're in your 90s, you maybe don't want a, a big hip surgery, although age is not a contraindication to it. You might try some injections. That might help um, your father. Otherwise, exercises, physical therapy, some kind of uh, pain medications might work the best for him. All right. Well, I, I tell you what, since we are just about out of time, uh, and if you do need... I want to hear more about that North Loop Clinic. That that really is a, a great part of town. It's a it's a great clinic down uh, down on Washington Avenue in the Tractor Works building. Maybe many of you have had Bar La Grassa or at the Free House. We're in that building, um, um, right down in that part of the North Loop. It's a great clinic which is now open. You want to get in to see a primary care doctor, an allergist, a woman's health specialist, an acupuncturist, dermatologist at the North Loop Clinic. Call us up at six one two eight seven three. 6963. 612-873-6963. And I'll be down there at the open house this coming Wednesday from 4 to 7 p.m. for refreshments, uh, some free stuff, tours of the clinic. I'll introduce you to some of the providers. 4 to 7 p.m. on Wednesday, April 26th. And that is the same phone number if you need a primary doctor. Exactly. Right? A primary care doctor, you get um, at 612-873-6963. We can set you up there or at any of our yeah. clinics throughout the system. See you next week when we talk about skin cancer. Skin cancer next week will be a great, great show. Right, thanks, Dr. Hilden. Uh, that'll be next uh, Sunday morning here on 830 WCCO. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.